Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Beth. (laughs) Hey, friend. How is your day going? It's going excellently. Wow. Yeah. What's happening? Well, I had the sweetest interaction with a friend that I went to high school with. Uh I ran into her walking out of the chapel this morning. That's weird. It's so weird. Mm -hmm. And she's pregnant. She's Mm -hmm. overdue. Mm -hmm. And she was like, just pray for me. I'm like, let's pray right now. What? And then she prayed over me. No. It was the sweetest thing. It was such a blessing. The sweetest thing. Oh. oh. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Basically. I'm just happy to be here. What a gift. Happy to be recording a podcast with you. Me too. Happy to be recording with myself. (laughs) Great. Great, great, great. You know what I was thinking about the other day? Do you remember when we first were trying to launch this idea of a podcast? Yeah. Like I remember being in your house, sitting at your kitchen table, recording the intro, outro, and we cleaned out your coat closet in the front room. And we sat on these two stools with this mic between us in this teeny tiny closet. Yeah. Trying to create a sound booth. And clearly we've graduated because we have this room separator. (laughs) You guys, we have a room separator. Room dividers. That's what it is. Like a four panel room divider. And we just taped on some soundproofing. It's not working very well. Little squares. But the room is quite, quite bigger than the little closet. It is. Yeah. Anyway, I just was thinking back on that. And one of the things that I love about you is just that you're so unhesitating, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. it didn't matter that Mm -hmm. we didn't have a place to record. We just used a closet. Yeah. (laughs) And I do not have that same sort of unhesitating quality. Like I tend to overthink and over-spiritualize. You, you know, you're familiar. <laughs> so anyway, I thought today we could talk about failure or maybe the fear of failure and how to combat that. So I want to ask you, do you remember the first time you failed at something? <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that question. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, do you even look back at your life and like look at something as a failure? Or have you always had this really unique? I don't think it's that unique. Friend, it's, I think it's very unique. I mean, Mike and I are the same. What a duo. <laughs> so it doesn't feel unique to me, you know? I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's so interesting. It's an interesting way I'm to I'm trying think to think it. of something I failed at. Okay. Let me give you. Let me, yeah, give me an yeah, example. I've then. got a great example. I'm so, probably going to be like, yeah, I failed at that oh too. Oh my God. This is such an embarrassing story. I want you to know. But I can't wait to in hear junior it. high, mm-hmm. I tried, I looked at all the sports and I thought, what could I do that like you don't have to be super athletic? Sports is not uh, a good example for me. I know, you right? You have to give me something just, else to I'm relate ta- to. Friend, I'm telling you my personal experience no, of skip. failure. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's your example? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you. I thought I would try out for the tennis team because I thought you could probably get by with not being super athletically inclined. Tennis in is tennis. very difficult. I know. Wow. So <laughs> ignorant. Tennis is hard. Slash naive. I mean, I don't know. Now I understand 
the, the Dennis was not for the faint of heart. Serena Williams versus Beth Davis. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm not going to tell this story. This is not a safe place anymore. I want to hear the rest of your story. Well, now you I went against Serena and what happened? I beat her. Can you believe that? Can you even believe it? Okay. Honestly, <laughs> here's my thing okay. that I'm coming to realize. It sounds like a cop-out, but I feel like things that I tried, I had the security of my parents being like, we can get you a coach or like, yeah, we'll help you get better at that. We fully support you doing that. So let's go try it. Like what you said earlier. Well, this is fascinating. But I feel like that does relate to the Lord. Tell me more. Trying new things. The Lord's like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) It doesn't work out. There's a new thing you could do. Like it never seemed like failure. It just seemed like a new adventure. Wow. And there's always something else around the corner. I mean, that's really... I know it doesn't feel unique to you. Yeah, it doesn't. But it's, you know what it is? It's so much about attitude. Mm -hmm. It's so much about perception. Like what you're describing is growth mindset. That there's no failing. There's only learning. Even when you win, even when you succeed, it's still only learning. Mm -hmm. I did not grow up thinking that way. So that's been a conscious effort on my part to think about something that didn't go well as an opportunity for learning and growth. Yeah. Speaking of your mom, <laughs> I remember yeah. one of the first traveling retreats we did that was, you know, just just doing Which our one? Best. El Paso? El Paso, yeah. Anyway, I remember in the car we were driving back. It was a beautiful day. And we were just kind of recapping the retreat. And your mom got out a little spiral notepad. And mm-hmm. she said, I have here... A list of learnings. These aren't things that went wrong. These are opportunities to do it better next time. And I was like, uh, truly, it was such a gift to me. That's cool. It was so cool. So now I always think about retreat feedback, my my own, because I tend to be really hard on myself. You know, I can go like really inside and withdraw and mm-hmm. like beat myself up. Mm-hmm. So for her to just even give me that language... Now I always reflect on retreats and think about my list of learnings. I love that. Your mom. What a sweetheart. Okay, so what about someone who tends naturally to be a bit more like me? A little Mm -hmm. more cautious. Mm -hmm. Maybe they had a significant quote-unquote failure in their past. And they think, gosh, I cannot step out like that again. Do we need to hear the tennis example to get behind you? Yeah, we need to hear it. I need an example. No, friend, I wasn't heartbroken by the tennis. Or cheer. I also tried out for cheer. What happened with cheer? You know what? I broke my foot. Unrelated. I didn't break oh, my foot. I thought you were tumbling. No. <laughs> took no. A, took How a spell. How funny. I actually told this story at the El Paso retreat. I broke my foot at Girl Scout camp because I was that cool. Mm-hmm. We were pretending to be Power Rangers, even though I was too old to be doing that. Never too old for Power Rangers. Anywho, my Power Rangers stunt meant that I couldn't try out for junior high cheerleading. So where was the failure? So, I mean, I felt like a failure because I, anyway, it doesn't matter. That's not a failure. Because I didn't try out for cheer, didn't make cheer, didn't make tennis the same time, Mm -hmm. I ended up being in my school's 
like spring play. Love it. And that's how I discovered a love of theater. Mm -hmm. And I ended up, I mean, following that all the way through and went to college on a theater scholarship. The Lord. Isn't that incredible? So that really does lend itself to your point that even if we try something and it doesn't work out, that doesn't have to define us. Mm -hmm. There's another path. Yeah. There's another opportunity for adventure in your own words. Truly. That was quite an adventure. It's so funny. Mike is just now starting his own business, barbershop business. Mm -hmm. He's very excited about it. I was talking to a friend once and she said to me, was just asking me details about Mike opening up his shop and when it's happening and how many clients he has. And I was like, well, you know, he just cuts out of our house right now, but he's not going to work at another shop before opening his shop. And she said to me, what? That's not how it works. You need to build up a really big clientele before you can go open up a shop. And it was fascinating because I sat there and I was thinking, I hadn't even had a thought in my mind that Mike could potentially fail at the barbershop. It hadn't even crossed my mind that this could be something that totally goes down the tubes Hmm. or that he wouldn't get enough clients or that he wouldn't have enough money to pay rent or whatever. It just didn't even cross my mind. And the more I thought about that, first of all, I have a lot of confidence in the Lord and I have a lot of confidence in Mike's discernment Yeah, in his relationship with the Lord. And so I fully believe that the Lord has set him on this path and on this adventure to open this barbershop. And I believe he could be successful at it. But I also know that if it doesn't go well, that there's a reason and there's another adventure around the corner. Like there's something that's leading him to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And so I guess I think even if there's a potential for failure, that doesn't mean don't go after what the Lord's put in your life. You know, go after it. Mike was praying over me yesterday and you know, a lot of things are happening right now in my personal life. And he was just praying and he said, I have an image in my mind that you're falling and you feel like you're free falling, but the Lord is holding you, saying he's got you. And I think that that's what risk can feel like. I think it can, or I guess I should say that's what failure feels like. Yeah. It feels like falling and there's no, there's not like a safe ground. And I think it's remembering that the Lord has you even through those failures. And again, there's something else. Mm-hmm. There's something else coming. There's, there's a new uh, adventure to be seen. There's a new victory to be won. I was looking up at the crucifix today at mass and I was like, that is the ultimate failure to the people of that time, like like we conquered him, mm-hmm. he failed. And l- little do they know what's to come. Little do they know who has the real victory, who has the real win. Yeah. Like what looks like failure, what is failure? There's something else coming. Yeah. I think what I'm hearing is that in the stepping out and in the failure, Mm-hmm keeping in mind that you're not alone, that the Lord is with you in both and has a plan 
and is showing you love. And that plan is even unfolding, both in the brave stepping out and in the painful plummet at times. Totally. Yeah. I've heard Father Mike Schmitz talk about this idea of intimate risk with the Lord. And the more I I think about that, that phrase captures so much because I think all risk has the potential to not feel so scary, but instead to feel really intimate. You know, we can feel so alone in stepping out or so alone in falling down. But with that recognition that the Lord is with us in it, becomes a place of intimacy and encounter rather than like a verdict Mm -hmm. on your life. I kind of am feeling like failure relates in a lot of ways to suffering in that the Lord gives us such consolation in suffering that we probably wouldn't feel or recognize in the highs. So true. You know, it reminds me, I was having a conversation with my Lenten small group. We're going through the Lent devotional. And when we were talking about the week on courage, we were talking about this temptation to try to make our lives really secure. Mm. And even like a sadness when something uproots us, like, gosh, I thought I was just figuring this out. I, I was just starting to relax. Like, I thought this is it. I'm finally here. And even a longing to be in like your forever house or your, Mm. you know, a marriage, like a committed relationship, like reaching, Mm. grasping for something secure in the midst of like swirling circumstances. And so I think you're just hitting on something so universal, like no matter if it is a valley or a mountaintop that the security only comes in our relationship with the Lord. Yeah, I think it makes me go back to my life as a child. And I understand I lived in a privileged life at a privileged time in a privileged place, you know? Um, But there was great security in my parents' love for me and my parents' constant presence. There was honesty and there was security. And I think that that's what it is in the Lord. There's never going to be a forever home good enough. There's never going to be a marriage that is the antidote to all loneliness. Mm -hmm. The only security is the Lord. The only one who can secure us in the risks, in the failures, in the mountaintops, and in the valleys is the Lord. That's the only place. And so because we have the security of the Father, we can continue to step out. Hmm. Because we're held. Yeah, I feel like this is like, it's become like sort of a sober conversation, but there's a lot of joy in that, don't you think? Oh my gosh. Like if we really believed that, I just think for myself, if I really believed that I'm never alone, Mm -hmm. if I really believed that no matter what happened, God was with me and had a good plan, knew it was going to happen, has a plan, it's not even a plan B. Like, it is the plan. Mm -hmm. Even when something doesn't work out, the new plan is still just the plan. Yeah. I would like to find more confidence and more security in that reality, more joy in it. And I think, like, hearing you talk about Mike and the barbershop and not questioning and not doubting, there's an element of radical trust in that. 
And I love that that's second nature to you in a way that you're like, I didn't even think of that. But it's a posture of radically trusting the Lord and believing that he'll come through. And Mike has it too. He does. And practically speaking, I know like in terms of retreats or anything I'm doing with Blessed Is She or or as a mom, as a wife, in practical ways, you do feel like I really failed at that. Like I really messed up. But I think what you said about continuing to look at it as how can I grow from this? What can I learn from this? What is my list of learnings? Mm -hmm. In even the little things where you feel like, I messed up there with that conversation with my kid. How can I grow? How can I be better at at how I was wording that? Or maybe I spoke too harshly. Mm -hmm. Like Those are practical little things that I think we always have the ability to grow and to learn and to try again. You know, and I think even just what you're saying about constantly sort of evaluating and not like a shameful evaluation, right. no. no condemnation, but just to say like, that didn't sit right with me. I think what's been so key for me that I'm still learning my list of learnings <laughs> about lists of learning <laughs> is that you don't even have to wait until the next time you mm. can go back and say, I just didn't feel good about how that went. Totally. And I want to apologize, or can I clarify, or can I ask you about this? Because I'm reading it in this way. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a better way to live. Yeah. <laughs> a freer way to live. And it's honest. Yeah. The best thing in the world is when I'm able to apologize to my daughters. Hmm. It's just so incredible. I don't know why. I love that they're seeing that I don't think I'm perfect. Yeah. I love that they see humility. I love that they see that I'm saying I messed up there and like there's grace here and there's forgiveness. And it's so good. You're modeling it. So now they know it's an option to go back and to apologize or to clarify. Yeah. So even in those little ways that we fail, the Lord loves us, you know? Yeah. He's still here. He's not going anywhere. He's just holding us while we're falling. I mean, when I think of that image, yeah. If you're falling and Jesus is holding you, he is flying. In, in my imagination, <laughs> he is like Superman. He's straight up in tights and a cape. I'll have to ask Mike. And like he's what about, he looked like. You know how it gets like really close and you're like, oh, what's going to happen? But then Superman comes and he just rock it right back up. And then he like gently sets her feet back on the rock. She didn't have to do anything. He did it all. I'll ask Mike if Jesus was wearing a cape. Please get back to us. (laughs) I think when I came into this conversation, I was wondering, is it ever not going to be scary to take a risk? Hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I remember I had this conversation with our friend's husband. We were talking about dating and relationships. And he was like, you know, after a very long, patient conversation, listening to all of my monologue. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Overthinking. Like, let me explain this detail. But wait, you don't know this. And this thing will surely be the thing that gives all the clarity. No, mm-hmm. it's just me verbal processing. And finally, <laughs> Nick just said, it's always scary. Yeah. Love, relationships is always scary. It's scary before you get into the relationship. It's scary dating. It's scary when you're in the relationship. It's scary to get engaged. It's scary to get married. And you know what? It's still scary in marriage Yeah. to keep 
sharing your heart and being vulnerable. And it's scary sometimes to forgive and to try again. Yeah. You don't know everything about another person when you marry them. Sure you know? as heck don't. And you don't know what's going to happen and how mm-hmm. that's going to affect them. You don't know if you're going to have a child with a disability and how your spouse is going to handle that. Mm-hmm. You don't even know how you would handle that. You can imagine how you might handle it, but like when the rubber meets the road, what's actually going to happen? I guess that might be the difference that I'm thinking in my head is that I tend to take things as they come. Like the possibility of Mike failing wasn't in my brain. Because it hadn't happened Because we're not, we're just doing the thing. Yeah. That's interesting. Instead of like getting out ahead of yourself and like laying out all the possible like, pitfalls <laughs> Mike and, and I scenarios. Are not, Mike and I are not laying out pitfalls or you scenarios. Guys, you guys don't have any spreadsheets <laughs> with, what do they call that? Like risk management? Yeah, we're, we're, we don't have a strategic plan. We're getting F's in risk management. <laughs> That's people's like full-time job I know. is risk management. I know. But that's the thing I feel like with Mike too. It was just like, we're just doing this thing. We just like each other. Like it never felt like, is this the, I, I don't know. It, it didn't ever feel like I was making a plan and that plan could be destroyed. It never felt like that with Blessed Is She. It was just like, I'm just doing this thing. I mean, what a great way to live. What a free way to live. What is that called? <laughs> the opposite of risk management, spontaneity, docility to the Holy Spirit, probably a little bit uh, reckless. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> We're part of reckless management. <laughs> reckless lack of management. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new department here at yeah. Blessed Is She. <laughs> I just had the idea of the lamb leaving in my head. Like, why didn't the shepherd take care of the lamb so he didn't leave? Interesting. But he had a plan. He, he did. Was gonna, he went after him. He knew him. he was going to save us. No problem. Yeah. No sweat. You failed. You lost course. I'll get you back. I mean, that's going to be so healing for somebody to hear. Seriously. <laughs> they wandered away, got stuck in the brambles. The Lord was fine. He's like, I'm on my way. He wasn't not watching you. He no. just knew you needed a minute. That's so sweet. How great is the good shepherd? He is. Like image, parable, title. Malami, come back. I went to... I got you. I went to this parish mission with Paul George. And he had us do like Ignatian imaginative prayer with the good shepherd. I just loved it because normally in a gospel, when I'm like allowing the Holy Spirit to use my imagination to like enter into a story. I'm like a person. (laughs) I'm a disciple or, you know, like a bystander. But he wanted us to be a lamb, a little lamb. So funny. And it was the greatest thing ever. I go back to that image of being this little lamb and letting Jesus pick me up all the time. I love it. It's so sweet. Okay, Jenna, as always, it's been great chatting. (laughs) Learn something new every time we chat. Should we pray? Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Father, thank you so much for your love, for your unfailing presence, for your steadiness. I thank you that in you is the security that, that we need. Yeah. 
In you, Lord, we find the home that we're longing for. So I ask right now, God, that you would steady our hearts. You are a firm foundation. Your arms are strong to save, God. And so we lean into you. Thank you that we don't have to trust ourselves, but we place our trust in you. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Father, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.